everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Phonication, the podcast dedicated to making you feel better about your own weird kinks. I'm your host, Jack, and welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am wildly excited to finally be starting this podcast. It's been a long time coming, and I'm sure that my coworkers are equally excited since I can finally stop bombarding them with unsolicited trivia in the office and just direct them here instead. Not like the listen, but whatever. <laughs> All right, so I just want to give a brief introduction on what this whole podcast is about in case the logo didn't properly convey it. This podcast is about all the weird stuff that animals do in the bedroom or right out in public more often than not. (laughs) So obviously this podcast is going to get a little weird. It's going to be at the PG-13, sometimes rated R level. I'm definitely going to say a lot of strange words and I don't really recommend that kids listen to this podcast, but at the same time, I don't know your family. You do whatever is best for you guys. Also, please follow Phonication on Instagram and Twitter. After each episode, I'm going to upload some sources for the information, maybe some horrifying pictures, news, whatever. On Instagram, the handle is at Phonication Podcast. It's all one word. And on Twitter, the handle is at Phonication Pod because Twitter is dumb and has a shorter character limit for usernames, which I should have expected considering their tweet lengths are notoriously short. So... Let's go ahead and jump right into the episode, which, if you didn't read the title, is Spotted Hyenas. I figured I would start off strong with one of my favorites. They're particularly insane. So, let's go. Spotted Hyena. Latin name, Cricuta Cricuta. Swahili name is Fisi, and I really, really hope that I pronounced that correctly. I had to hit up my friend Charlie and have him walk me through the pronunciation. But I also love that apparently in Swahili, they call these spotted and these striped hyenas feci, of course, which means hyena. But every other species of hyena, they call feci ndogo, which just means smaller hyena. (laughs) It's super efficient. All right, so the spotted hyena is the, it's the species that most people conjure up in their heads when you say hyena. They're known as the laughing hyena. You've probably seen them in The Lion King. One way that you can tell them apart from other hyenas is that they have the fewest amount of nipples compared to other species, if you manage to get close enough to investigate. (laughs) The thing to note about the spotted hyena is that they have a matriarchal society. It's very non-traditional, and you'll see through the entirety of this episode that they kind of embody the term non-traditional at every turn. It's going to get nice and shocking, so I hope you're prepared for that. (laughs) Buckle up. So matriarchal obviously means that in their clans, the females are the hyper-aggressive rulers of their generally 80-strong clan with an alpha female who is ultimately in charge of everyone else. Females also lead the hunts, and they actually have a very structured ranking system compared to a lot of other animals. And in their case, even the lowest-ranking little female cub outranks the highest-ranking adult male. But females are also physically larger than the males. And all this traditionally hyper-masculine behavior in the females apparently came with some really, really weird genitals. (laughs) And to just sum it up in one sentence, basically the ladies grew penises, which is such a power move. Honestly, like actual big dick energy. Just... Imagine you're in a casual dick measuring contest with your boys and this Amazonian woman rolls up and joins in. I love it. (laughs) 
So this might make you think, it made me think, that hyenas are hermaphrodites. And they've actually been referred to that way in the past, but it's not exactly accurate. The females definitely have ovaries, and the males definitely have testicles. It's very delineated. And the female's penis actually isn't a true penis. It's a pseudopenis, which is just a super enlarged clitoris. But I mean, honestly, the male and female genitalia are so similar looking that there's been multiple accounts of misidentification where, like, a zoo thought that they had a breeding pair of hyenas, but they actually ended up getting two of the same sex, so that didn't really work out. <laughs> Not only does the female have a six to eight inch penis, she's even essentially got a scrotum. <laughs> like, it's her labia folded up and fused together, but it looks damn near identical. It looks like a scrotum. <laughs> the way to tell them apart is that the pseudopenis is slightly shorter, it's girthier, and has slightly more rounded glands. Those are not huge differences. <laughs> like, otherwise they are basically identical. Like, both of them even have penile spines at their base of the glands, which is horrifying to me. I am so, so glad that humans don't have penis spikes. I should tack on the word anymore. Humans don't have penis spikes anymore. <laughs> if you guys want to know about penile spines, then hit me up on uh, Phonication's Instagram or Twitter, let me know. I would actually be happy to do an episode on that. That would be super weird. <laughs> By the way, if you are thinking of a if a human vagina or a vulva uh, for reference, just, just don't at all. Um, it's not like a vagina that has like a vaginal opening and like a clitoris above it, you know, the little button. Spotted hyenas are actually the only mammals in the world that don't have an external vaginal opening. Their clitoris actually covers up the vaginal hole. And inside the length of the clitoris is what's called the urogenital canal. So uro for urination and genital for well, genital. <laughs> so basically the, the tunnel for sex and pee. <laughs> and, you know, they just attach this little clit tunnel to the hole of the vagina and it just extends out through there. So... I'm trying to think of like the best way to explain it. And the only thing that I'm thinking of right now is it's essentially like if the female hyena is wearing a shiwi. <laughs> like if you know what a shiwi is, if you don't, it's this fake penis that a company made up so that people with vaginas can pee standing up. And I think it's geared towards campers, but I'll upload a picture of one to the Phonication podcast <laughs> so that you guys know what I'm talking about. I know this is weird. <laughs> Anyways, so the pseudopenis, right. The pseudopenis slash clitoris is essentially used as a true penis. It can get erect, it's used in greeting displays, it's used for urination, and of course, it's used for sex, which is probably why you guys are here. So I'll explain. Obviously with such unusual genitals, uh, sex for the spotted hyenas gets a little weird and tricky. So, like I said, the clitoris covers the vaginal opening, which is where the baby-making juice needs to get to, which means that the male's penis needs to go inside of the female's pseudopenis. So, you know, in middle school, or in my middle school, when kids didn't really understand the, I'm gonna say logistics, of uh, two men having sex with each other, and they thought that gay sex was putting your dick inside of another guy's dick, that is heterosexual hyena sex. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> it's fucking wild. And if that sounds like it would be hard, that's because it's super fucking hard. <laughs> it takes the poor dudes so much practice in order to figure it out. <laughs> so let me, t- let me tell you how it happens. What happens is that a breeding pair will go out and they'll find a safe, isolated place, which is really classy of them considering that like so many animals just do their business out in public, just everybody watching. So props to them. I I admire that. Then the female is going to stand in front of the male, super still, (laughs) with her hindquarters facing him, and then she's going to kind of retract her flaccid. It's usually flaccid. She's going to retract her clitoris into her abdomen. Um, You know how like um, a dog has the little, they retract their red rockets into that little pouch on their abdomen? It's kind of like that. Then the female is going to bow her head, which communicates to the male that she is in fact consenting. She's not planning on biting and mutilating him, despite being completely capable of doing that. Um, Then the male has to kind of awkwardly crouch behind her in a way to get like his penis pointing up and backwards so that he like can shimmy wiggle his penis into hers. (laughs) It's um, not graceful. (laughs) So this copulation is going to last for about four to 12 minutes. Not super impressive, but they're also working really hard at it. So I guess I can forgive it. While they're engaged in this, the male's glands are going to swell up while inside of the female, which makes it pretty impossible to remove his penis until the swelling goes down, which it won't until a few minutes after he ejaculates makes sense to me because it's already hard enough getting the penis inside of the female so once it's in there like you want to be damn sure it doesn't come out because how are you gonna put it back (laughs) so yeah after intercourse is finished they got to stay in that position until the swelling goes down just awkwardly locked together which probably makes for some shitty pillow talk And during that period, though, the male is usually going to lean down and groom the female's back, which is cute because it's like, oh, he cuddles after sex. But I think it's probably more of a like a, hey, thanks for the sex. Please don't kill me type of thing because, yeah, the females are pretty aggressive. (laughs) Also, the fact that they have to stay locked together during and after sex is probably why they find an isolated place to do it rather than staying with the rest of their clan because that leaves them pretty vulnerable to dangers. And this pair is likely going to engage in intercourse multiple times during the female's three-day estrus period. Now, because of how physically difficult sex is for spotted hyenas, the great side effect of that is that there's no such thing as forced sex, which is so prevalent in a lot of other species. The males absolutely have to have consent. Like, it's already hard enough trying to mate with a female who's standing perfectly still so if she struggles even a little bit it's just impossible so females have 100% of the decision on who mates with them and that's great spotted hyenas understand that no means no (laughs) as far as who they decide to mate with um both young and older females tend to prefer younger males and the older females have been observed returning to the same young male that they've had friendly relations with before which makes sense Also, passive submissive males are more successful at courting females than aggressive ones are, which again is probably due to the matriarchal society thing. And 
By the way, just to let you guys know, a young male would be around three years old when they reach sexual maturity. And they don't have a breeding season, but there is usually a birth spike during the wet season. <laughs> the wet season. Uh, I'm a child. <laughs> Um, moving on. Uh, there is a hypothesis, by the way, that because of how long the reproductive tract is, if the female changes her mind about bearing dude bros cubs, she can just flush out the sperm by urinating because the long reproductive tract means it takes so much longer for the sperm to actually get through to where it needs to go. So if you thought that any of that was weird and horrifying, now we're getting to the weird and horrifying part of the episode. So you're welcome. (laughs) I mentioned before that sex happens inside of the pseudo-penis. Unfortunately, if that's where things go in, that's also where things have to come out. The urogenital tract inside the clitoris is also the birth canal, which sounds like the worst possible thing I can imagine. Um, Giving birth for these poor females is pushing a cantaloupe out of a penis. (laughs) And naturally, just to make it even worse, they're going to have the largest carnivorous young relative to the mother's weight in the world. They couldn't have just been like little jelly bean cubs. They have to have huge two pound cubs. Like, fuck, dude. And like hyenas aren't even that big. So two pounds for a cub is huge. <laughs> and they got to push out more than one. Most litters are, are two. Sometimes it's three, but it's usually two. And then after pushing out a couple cubs out of their clitoris, generally one cub is gonna kill the other. Like, what's the fucking point of pushing out multiple then? I I would be pissed. And as I'm sure you can imagine, this is very, very painful for the mother. Like, giving birth for spotted hyenas is more traumatic than average. See, vaginas are built to stretch and go through contractions in order to accommodate a baby. The clitoris, obviously, is not. The size that it is is the size that it stays. And the size that it is, is a diameter of one inch. And I don't know the exact dimensions of a two pound cub, but it's a lot bigger than one inch. So when the cub travels down the urogenital tract, it rips through. That's the only way to get through. The clitoris, it splits and it tears awfully, like, And it takes weeks and weeks to heal, and it usually results in infections. A lot of times it results in death. 15% of first-time mothers die giving birth. And if they don't die, they're especially vulnerable while healing. Like, shit, I would be pretty vulnerable too. The placenta isn't long enough to continue allowing the cub to breathe while being birthed. And like I said, that clitoris is very, very narrow. So it's not uncommon for cubs to suffocate in there. Which just makes me feel like everything has evolved counterintuitively for spotted hyenas. Now, while the mother is in pain and healing, she has the sole responsibility of caring for the cubs. Male spotted hyenas are some deadbeat dads. There is no paternal care in those clans. But as a cool side note, um, the higher ranking females in the clan give a boost of androgen to their cubs which is a hormone associated with aggression. Um, This hyper-aggressiveness helps them when fighting for food, and it also inspires young male cubs to begin mounting females earlier, which can help them practice their difficult mating dance, and they need all the practice that they can get. (laughs) On the flip side, though, 
the androgen boost significantly damages the ovaries of female spotted hyenas, making it even more difficult for them to conceive. So yeah, that's the horrifying part of spotted hyena sex lives. And weirdly, specifically spotted hyenas. Like other hyena species have a much more traditional appearance in sex life, which is boring. And that's why I'm not doing an episode on them. But that does kind of beg the question, like, why the hell did spotted hyenas develop in this direction? So there are some theories out there about that. Um, One is that the cellular receptors that detect sex hormones might be faulty, so that they're kind of permanently switched on. Another theory was that the androgen was responsible for females developing pseudopenises. But the researchers gave pregnant mothers some drugs that ended up blocking them from passing on that androgen to their cubs. And the female cubs still arrived with their enlarged clitoris, so it appears that that theory is probably out. Other suggestions include that it evolved due to social contacts, high levels of testosterone, sexual mimicry, so if anything definitive comes out, I promise I'll give an update, and I am definitely keeping an ear out. (laughs) Anyways, as some of you guys might be aware, hyenas don't have the greatest reputation, which was not helped by the Lion King, by the way. They are notoriously considered cowardly, dirty scavengers, and honestly, I do not think that they deserve that disrespect. I'm going to go off on a tangent here, because people just love to shit on hyenas, and I think it's so undeserved. First of all, their reputation for just stealing lion kills is fabricated. Like, yeah, of course it's happened before, but 95% of the food that hyenas eat is food killed by hyenas. In fact, it's been significantly more observed that lions will steal hyena kills rather than the other way around. In the Ungorongo crater, lions live primarily off of kills that they've stolen from hyenas. And hyenas get the shitty reputation? Come on. That's fucked. And it's not to say that they, like, never scavenge. Like, if they come across a dead gazelle, they're not going to turn down a free meal. Duh. But that doesn't mean that they deserve the reputation that they have. Although there actually is this tradition amongst the Maasai and the Hadza that I think is pretty cool, where corpses are left out in the open for hyenas to eat. Human corpses, by the way, not animal corpses. And I guess that's pretty efficient. Um, Hyenas have an incredibly high bite strength, and they can easily chew through bone and hooves and horns, and it basically turns them into walking garbage disposals, which helps them fill like a really important ecological role. Also, their bad reputations go even further back, by the way. In medieval times, their unusual genitalia and their non-traditional lifestyle and frequent misidentification as hermaphrodites contributed significantly to their bad reputations. Their weird sex meant that they fit into neither a quote-unquote faithful category, so like think monogamous, heterosexual copulation, nor did they fall into the pagan category, which was of course evil due to all of their sex rituals, but paganism was an evil that could be understood and combated. And since hyenas didn't fit neatly into either category, they couldn't be trusted and were by default evil. (laughs) Additionally, because females were misidentified as males, like all the time, hyenas were featured in a lot of bestiaries to illustrate the evils of homosexuality, which really helped permeate their bad reputations like even into modern times. So good job fucking that up entirely, Pliny the Elder. Also, pretty fucking hypocritical of you since gay sex was all the not-so-secret rage in ancient Rome. All right, 
So that covers the basics of spotted hyena kinks without going on to a full lecture. If you guys enjoyed that, I definitely recommend reading up more on them. There's also some pretty interesting fact points on their social complexity and intelligence and also how they partly evolved convergent to primates. It's all really cool stuff that doesn't exactly fit into the theme of this podcast, but honestly, even just skimming the Wikipedia article on them is a lot of fun. So like I said before, I will have some sources and pictures uploaded on social media, so be sure to follow Phonication on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you all so much for listening and letting me get out all my weirdness into the open permanently on the internet where future employers can absolutely find it. Stay tuned next week for a new episode. Bye.